What's up, everyone? This is Execution Double Nine, or for those that know me personally, Alan. I'm a huge 49ers fan, and I've got a lot of thoughts about how the franchise has been handling this draft and this offseason, so I decided to pull out the charts and data and break out the whole PowerPoint to make my case. As a theater person, being extra comes natural to me. So without further ado, I welcome you to the inaugural Franchise Report Podcast. I feel like I'm living deja vu and reliving the whole Jim Harbaugh, Alex Smith, Colin Kaepernick fiasco all over again. My thoughts on that whole situation would make for a whole other podcast, but just know the basics. I think Harbaugh made the wrong choice. I think it set us back for about half a decade, and I think there's enough on-the-field evidence over the years to prove the point. So I'm not going to get into all that now. But what I will say is that for the second time in less than a decade, I'm watching the franchise desperate to throw away a winning formula because of an awful case of grass is greener and being distracted by shinier objects. So let me make it known now. My problem with this draft isn't who the 49ers would end up taking or not taking. It's with the very idea that we had to trade away so much to get that person in the first place. So let's just get right to it. What's the most important stat in football? wins and losses. And since becoming head coach of the San Francisco 49ers in 2017, Kyle Shanahan has a record of 29 and 35. He's got a career losing record. Of those 29 wins though, 22 of them belong to Jimmy Garoppolo. The Kyle Shanahan led 49ers have a record of 22 and 8 when Jimmy Garoppolo is starting. Their only postseason appearance and along with a Super Bowl appearance. Without Jimmy G starting, the 49ers are 7-27 and in that same time span. That's with the same roster, same defense, same running game, same everything. With Jimmy G as starter, the 49ers have a 73% winning percentage. Without Jimmy, it's 20%. This goes back as early as 2017 when Jimmy G came in and took the, at the time, 1-11 49ers and went 5-0. and with them. People talk about garbage time wins, but in that span, the 49ers were beating teams like the Jacksonville Jaguars and Tennessee Titans that were fighting for playoff spots and needed wins. The only trash win they had during that time was against the Rams in Week 17. They already locked up their playoff spot and they were sitting their starters, but I'd still argue that 5-0 and is impressive regardless of who you're playing, especially when that team was 1-11 and when you came in and took over. Then the next year, we all know, was obviously Jimmy's big injury that knocked him out for the season. And with Jimmy out, the same team that went 5-0 and with him at the helm was now 4-12. and They couldn't even win over the course of a season the same amount of games that Jimmy won in that little spurt that he was in the year before. And this was a season where key players like George Kittle, the entire offensive line, the big-time running game with Matt Breida and Kyle Juszczyk, they all started the whole season. They missed a combined six starts for the five offensive linemen, for all the running backs. A combined six starts is all that was missed. So the only true difference maker on on that offense was Jimmy G. The defense also boasted DeForest Buckner, Eric Armstead, Richard Sherman, who only missed two games, Fred Warner, all key guys that would also be key parts of 2019. So these guys were all out there on the field 
going four and twelve. All of these guys named were major parts of the 2019 run, except Matt Breida, who was traded away. And the most time any of these guys missed was three games, and that was Matt Breida. So the time the team was relatively healthy with names that would be key contributors in 2019, but that record was still four and twelve. Then comes 2019. Jimmy's healthy. The bad season allowed San Francisco to select Nick Bosa. All of a sudden, the two pieces the team was missing came together. A healthy quarterback and a premier pass rusher. We all know what happened that year. 13-3, and number one seed in the conference, a Super Bowl run that fell seven minutes short of the franchise's sixth Lombardi trophy. All of a sudden, with a healthy Jimmy Garoppolo, the team that went from a number two overall pick the year before all the way to number two in the entire league, period. But this is where 49ers fans, the local media, where all of them lost their freaking nuts. There's a lot of revisionist history that has taken place over the last couple years, particularly since Jimmy got injured again in 2020. He wasn't able to further cement himself. People started forgetting about what he actually did. And all of a sudden, the narrative turned to the 49ers being able to get over the hump with Jimmy G. He was carried by the running game, carried by the defense. You know, that same running game, that same defense that went 4-12 and the previous season. But they carried him. Okay, that Jimmy was just a game manager, and the team needed a new direction in the form of a playmaker. Names were thrown around Deshaun Watson, Aaron Rodgers, for some reason, Matthew Stafford, and of course, Patrick Mahomes, the new face of the league. Everybody wanted the next Mahomey. But do the stats support that argument? Well, let's take a look at those stats and find out. In 2019, Jimmy G had a 69.1 completion percentage. That was good for fourth in the league and higher than Deshaun Watson, higher than Patrick Mahomes, higher than Aaron Rodgers. He threw for 3,978 yards, just shy of 4,000, a little bit on the lower side, but still good for 12th in the league and still more than Deshaun Watson and all well in that run first offense. He threw for 27 touchdowns, good for sixth in the league, and higher than Mahomes, Rodgers, and Watson. He had a 5.7 TD percentage, seventh in the league, higher than Mahomes, Watson, and Rodgers, 8.4 yards per attempt, third in the league, higher than Mahomes, Watson, Rodgers, 12.1 yards per catch, sixth in the league, and higher than Rodgers and Watson, a 102 quarterback rating, eighth in the league, higher than Rodgers and Watson, and a 60.8 QBR, 12th in the league, and higher than Rodgers. He also led the league with four fourth quarter comebacks, showing poise and clutch ability. Now, is my argument to say that Jimmy G is better than Deshaun Watson, Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers? Absolutely not. I actually wanted Deshaun Watson the year he came out in the draft and thought it was a big mistake that we passed on him when we had no quarterback on the roster at the time. Aaron Rodgers is obviously a first ballot Hall of Famer, and Patrick Mahomes is probably like legitimately the best quarterback in the game right now and he is hands down the future of the league 
What my argument is, is to say that the distance between them and Jimmy isn't really that great. At least not as great as it's made out to be, and definitely not two additional years worth of first-round picks kind of distance. So that gets to the point of this whole argument. And while I think that whatever the specific player picked aside, the 49ers made a huge mistake with this draft and their handling of this offseason. And honestly, it's you know hard to keep trusting in Kyle and John the way I have been up to this point. Because up to this point, I think they've done just about everything right. I mean, there were some mistakes like passing on Watson. Uh, but for the most part, I'm, I'm so happy with what John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan have been doing. But this has made it really hard to trust in the future of the team. As it stands, the 49ers have a winning formula. Their roster, as constructed, has already showcased what they are capable of. They were seven minutes short of winning the Super Bowl. This is a Super Bowl contending team, year in and year out. This team has a lot of youth on its core. Many of them are locked up under team control for years to come, and they have already shown that they can and will compete with any team in the league. Draft capital is key to maintaining that. The team will need to continue to fill depth, address positional needs, and replace departing players, and continue to build through the draft and have that supply of young players coming through. By giving up two first-round picks and and additional later-round picks, you've given up the ability to maintain that roster building for the next three years, all in the name of addressing a position that was statistically in line with the league's best. And team success-wise has taken the team as high as it can go to Super Bowl contention. We were as high as anybody else in the league. To trade away so much in the name of improvement, that means that there has to be just one outcome. To do better than what you already had. And what was better than what we already had? Well, the only thing better is to actually win the Super Bowl. So if moving on from Jimmy G and trading away multiple years worth of picks to do it gets you anything less than a Super Bowl win then the trade was a failure. And I'm talking about a Super Bowl win every year. And why? Because Jimmy G already got us there. He got us to the Super Bowl with a fourth quarter lead. We were seven minutes shy of winning the Super Bowl. And a lot of factors, yes, Jimmy was a part of it, but not the only reason we didn't finish the job. But any year that a new quarterback comes in and does not succeed in winning the Super Bowl, then he wasn't better than Jimmy. He was the same. Why would you throw away heavy draft capital to remain stagnant, to get the same results that you were already getting? But the fact is the expectations to win a Super Bowl every year are impossible. It's unrealistic. It's impossible to expect a Super Bowl win every year. Even Tom Grady, the Super Bowl GOAT, has only won at like 50% of his career or something. All right. It's, It's impossible. The roster we already had put the team in position the position that every franchise wants to be in, Super Bowl contention year in and year out. 
The fact that the franchise had reached that status meant that the trade was wholly unnecessary. And in fact, it can only hurt, serve to hurt the team as now it's lost two years of being able to build through the draft. My argument isn't to say that Jimmy is irreplaceable. Despite all the stats that I talked about, the eye test still applies. He makes at least one boneheaded throw every game. He isn't the elite franchise quarterback on the level of a Tom Brady, a Drew Brees, a Patrick Mahomes. There is absolutely room to improve the position and the player in it. My beef isn't with the drafting of Trey Lance. When we moved up to number three, he was basically the guy I wanted anyways. And I'll be damned if I'm not going to have fun screaming, Trey Area at Levi Stadium. My beef is with the cost. The 49ers still have holes. Richard Sherman's gone. Staley's retired. We are bringing back Trent Williams, but the O-line has been suspect. The secondary needs a boost. The team has holes to fill. It can be even bigger weaknesses for the team than whatever weaknesses Jimmy is perceived to have. If the Niners held at 12, drafted, say, Mac Jones, and kept their picks for the next two years, let Mac Jones develop, and then trade Jimmy or let him walk in free agency? Sure. Go for it. But to trade away heavy draft capital to address a position that was already giving high quality production and jeopardize your future for a marginal improvement at best, if even that, nobody's even talking about the possibility that Trey Lance is worse than Jimmy. I already saw that song and dance with Alex and Kaepernick. And for one, I'm not looking forward to going through it again. But hey, guys, it is what it is. The draft is already done. The trades have already been made. Thanks for letting me ramble. We're all passionate about sports, and my thoughts were too much for a Facebook post. So I figure what better way to dip my toes in the podcasting pool than with this. It's something I've been interested in doing for a while, so I appreciate you taking the time to check me out and listen to it, whether you agree with me or not. But until next time, this is Alan, a.k.a. Execution Double Nine with the Franchise Report.